So good to see you once again tonight. Thank you for all you have done to be in this conference and and uh, been so receptive. I want to thank uh, Carolyn and Richard and Lindsay for the impartation they've made in all of us in this conference. Give them a good hand. Praise God. Thank them for being here. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, before I get into the word, and this will be our closing service, I think, and um, (laughs) hallelujah, there's some people I want to lay hands on here in just a moment. Uh, Pastor Juan, are you still here? Pastor Juan, would you please come up? Yes, sir. Pastor Juan. And uh, Vic, are you here? Vic? And is Ron still here? Ron Chamberlain? He's already left? Okay. Well, Ron is uh, on his way to China to do some evangelistic meetings. Vic, you leaving tomorrow, Vic? Monday. Monday. Vic is on his way to Tanzania. And he's going to be helping plant a new Bible school for us over there. And uh, one, of course, pastor's out in California. And there's a great need in his life that I want us to stretch our hands out toward him. And we just need to pray for the comfort and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, this this is a precious man of God. Served you faithfully. And without me mentioning what's going on, I know that you have it all under control. And that you have the final word. You have the final say. And in the meantime, while he's waiting for the miracle to take place, I'm asking you to surround him with your peace and with your love. Bring comfort to his heart, to his mind. And in the name of Jesus, we stand in faith with him that you have all of this under control. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Stretch your hands out toward Vic. Vic is on his way to Tanzania. Praise God. And Vic is a preaching machine. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Father, we stretch our hands out to our brother Vic. We thank you for his obedience and his willingness to go and to do business for the Lord. And we thank you, Father, for divine protection, safety. We surround him with your favor. Favor going in, favor while he's there, and favor coming out. He'll return safely to us with good reports. Hallelujah. Thank you for your anointing that's on him, abides within him, and shall flow through him. And many will come into the knowledge of the truth, and many will be healed and delivered as this messenger and this servant goes to do business for the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good shout of praise for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen.
And uh, I might add too, if, if you are so led by the Holy Spirit to sow seed into his trip, uh, do so on your way out tonight. Amen. Praise God. Tonight we have the honor and the privilege of ordaining and licensing uh, a number of men and women that have uh, linked themselves together with this ministry, this ministerial organization. And so we want to honor them tonight by laying hands upon them and giving them their certificates, praying for them. And so, uh, Justin, would you come up and call them out? And as he calls your name, uh, you and your spouse, if present, please come up together. Those being licensed are Dolores Hernandez, uh, Patrick Brown, I'll just leave that right Art and Rose Bullis, Marcus Brian Coleman, Troy Grimes, and Cheryl Eschelberger. Those being ordained are Ryan and Tanya Flowers, Billy Thompson, Timothy Wade Barker, and Darlene Barker. Amen. Give them a good hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to read something to each of you uh, before I lay hands on you. And Carol and I ask you to come and join me. Richard Lindsay, would you please join me to do this as well? Uh, I want them to receive giftings and anointings, praise God, from various ministries. Hallelujah. I'll read this to you from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. This is a prayer from the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's my prayer for you, right along with the Apostle Paul, that you will increase in the knowledge of God and that you will walk worthy of him unto all pleasing. Now, I want to read this to you from the message translation. It says, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we've been asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you will live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. I love that. Making him proud of you. There's a teaching going around today that we can just live any way we want to live. We're under grace. Doesn't matter how we live. I beg to differ. It does matter how we live. And here... It says, from the man in which the message of grace was first revealed to, he prays that you'll walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So it's quite possible you couldn't please God, but he's praying that you will. And once again, in this message translation, that you will live well for the master, making him proud of you. That's my prayer for you, that each one of you will live well for the master, and making him proud of you. And, of course, if he's proud of you, then I'm going to be proud of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And uh, remember this, that you're carrying the name of Jesus. Amen. You're also carrying the name of this ministry. And we've endeavored 
to keep this ministry pure. Carol and I have, have, have kept our lives pure. And uh, you're now not only representing the Lord, but you represent us as well. So do good. Make us proud of you, praise God. Amen. All right. We're going to lay our hands on you. And I'm going to start down here and you guys just follow me. Would you all stretch your hands out toward them and as an act of agreement? And I'm believing in the name of Jesus, the moment hands are laid upon you, that you are going to detect a change in your life. And the anointing of God is going to rise up and be stronger on you than you've ever experienced before. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for these precious people who have surrendered their life to you. Desiring to fulfill your will in their lives. Use them mightily. Cause them to flow in your anointing and help them to live well and to make you proud of them. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. I pray and I set them apart for the work that you have called them to do. May your anointing continue to increase upon them and may they live well for the master and make him proud of them. In the name of Jesus, I set you apart and believe for God's anointing to increase upon you as of right now, this very moment, that you may do the work that God has called you to do. In the name of Jesus, set apart for the master's use. Make him proud of you. Fulfill all he's called you to do. Walk in His anointing. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this couple that have surrendered their lives to you, desiring to fulfill your will in their lives. I thank you, Father, from this moment that they are set apart. Meet for the Master's use. Thank you, Father, for your anointing upon them that they may accomplish all that you have called them to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I lay my hands upon them. And I pray that this very night, the anointing of God will rise up within them, be upon them stronger than they've ever known before, and rest upon them that they might do the work that you've called them to do. In the name of Jesus, be thou separated unto the work of the master, which he's called you to do. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. And everywhere they go, signs and wonders will follow them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for my co-laborers in the Lord, a couple that's very dear to my heart. Thank you for the call upon their lives, the anointing that is upon them. And may they fulfill all that you've called them to do. May they be used mightily. And may they bring a revival to their area and a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Praise God. All right, turn around and face the audience and say these words. There's a fresh anointing on me to do the work of the Lord. I fully expect that it will flow out of me, touch humanity, and set them free. And in the name of Jesus, I give you my solemn oath. I'll live well for the master. Make him proud of me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right, you can take your seats. And uh, I believe Justin has certificates for you that will be given to you. And once again, thank you for linking up with this ministry. And we're honored to have you a part of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have you got your Bibles with you tonight? Praise God. Let me, let me uh, also make this announcement that our Chariots of Light, many of the members of our Chariots of Light biker ministry, they're down in uh, San Antonio right now at the Lone Star Rally. I'm sorry, Galveston at the Lone Star Rally. And uh, there's been averaging about a quarter of a million bikers show up in that rally. And uh, we've already got reports of, of several I don't remember what the latest report was, but a great number of people have already been saved. And these, these are mostly people that don't know the Lord, many of them even outlaw bikers. And our group, uh, uh, some of our group, goes down there every year. And uh, John Ben Dixon, uh, stand up, John. John's from South Africa, and he oversees all of our outreaches in that nation and pastors the church there, uh, the churches there. And... Um, He's going back to South Africa shortly. He's been with me for several weeks now. Uh, Italy, Sicily, everywhere. He's been with me everywhere. Everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. And uh, he's getting ready to go back and reestablish the Chariots of Light in South Africa. But before he goes there, he's going down to Galveston so that he can get in on the soul winning and the outreach down there and get a taste for it. So he can take all that back to South Africa with him. So stretch your hands out toward him. Joe, reach over there and lay your hands on him. Uh, Justin, turn around there and lay your hands on him. And uh, just believe in the name of Jesus that a special impartation for this biker outreach, for soul winning, for those that, that uh, uh, may be hard in the past to reach, but it'll be easy. In the name of Jesus. And Father, give him the wisdom and the knowledge of how to establish this work in South Africa. And may many, many join him in the effort and bring revival to the bikers in the nation of South Africa. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout for that, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've had um, over... Over almost 60,000 decisions for Christ just this year alone through Chariots to Light. Praise God. Amen. So if you got a problem with motorcycles, get over it. Because God's using them. Praise God. Amen. All right. I want to share with you just for a short time tonight, I think. And uh, 
I want to talk about two essentials for flowing in the Holy Ghost. Two major essentials for flowing in the Holy Ghost. Personally, I believe why the body of Christ isn't seeing more of the miraculous than it has seen in recent years is because most ministers are insensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Most ministers are insensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Some wouldn't know the Holy Ghost if he showed up in a red cape and said, I'm the Holy Ghost. (laughs) I've been in services where it became obvious that because of insensitivity, they didn't know what to do. And so they just dismissed went home. And um, many times I've, I've gone back to my hotel grieved in my spirit because we didn't make room for the Holy Spirit. Our people weren't insensitive. They were insensitive to him and they took the service in a different direction. Many great sermons are being preached today. A lot of great sermons are being preached today. But many of them are without signs, wonders, and miracles. And uh, that didn't happen in the early church. Amen. Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles happen everywhere the early disciples preached the gospel. Mark chapter 16 and verse 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. That's That's the way it's supposed to be done. That they preached everywhere, and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Don't you believe the Lord still wants to work with us today? Let me ask that again. Don't you believe the Lord still wants to work with us today? Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Well, don't we have this same power today? Did my mic go off again? Don't we still have this same power today? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Don't you believe that we have the same Holy Ghost that they had? Oh, thank God my mic's back on. But I'm going to ask it again. Don't you believe we have the same Holy Ghost that they had? Don't you believe we have the same power that they have? Amen. Then where is the power? And where are the signs, the wonders, and the miracles? If we have the same power, and if we have the same Holy Ghost, why are we seeing more demonstrations of that power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? God is certainly not preventing them from happening. Can't blame God. The Bible makes it very clear in Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. Amen. The hand of God has not been shortened. So we can't blame God that we're not seeing more of the miraculous. You have to look at ourselves. Like somebody said many years ago. I have found the enemy and it was me. (laughs) He can still do today what he did in days past. 
He can still do today what he did in years past. So where does the problem lie? If it's the same Holy Ghost, the same Lord that worked through them, same power, then where does the problem lie? Go with me to Isaiah chapter 42. And I want to talk to you about these two essentials. Isaiah chapter 42. This is not the sermon I had intended to preach, but the Lord changed it this afternoon. And so I went home and I just jotted down these notes real quick. I'm looking forward to hearing how it's going to come out. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 42. And look at verse 9. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Notice every time God is ready to do something new, His intention is to tell somebody that's listening about it before it happens. The Bible says, I do nothing except I first reveal it to my servants, the prophets. It's in the Old Testament. When He's ready to do something new, what's He looking for? Listening ears. Somebody who will hear it. Now notice in verse 19 or 18. Hear ye deaf and look ye blind that ye may see. Who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? What is he saying? Two essentials for flowing In the Holy Ghost. Number one, hearing ears. Number two, seeing eyes. And without hearing ears and seeing eyes, then you can stop the move that he intended to bring. If you'll look a little further there, God wanted to restore his people. He wanted to bring restoration. But nobody could hear it and nobody saw it. And he said, as a result of it, these are a people that are for a prey, none delivereth for a spoil and none saith restore. Why weren't they saying restore? Because they didn't hear it. They couldn't see it. They, did, they, couldn't, they couldn't hear what God wanted to do and they couldn't see it in the spirit realm. So when I'm talking about hearing ears, I'm not talking about these ears on the side of your head. I'm talking about the ears of your spirit. When I talk about blind eyes here from Isaiah 42, we're not talking about these eyes. We're talking about the eyes of your spirit. Two essentials, hearing ears and seeing eyes. Seeing into the spirit realm. Seeing what God wants to do. And it is obvious that in order to become proficient in this, it takes much time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not likely to happen if you don't do any preparation for it. It's not likely to take place if you don't spend quality time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts, That by the hands of Paul, special miracles were wrought. Special miracles. 
Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul makes this statement. I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. I think there's a connection there. I think those special miracles that were wrought by the hands of Paul are connected to the fact that he prayed in the Holy Ghost a lot. I'm glad I pray in tongues more than you all. Two essentials. Hearing ears and seeing eyes. If you spend enough time praying in the Spirit, you're going to hear things from the Holy Spirit. If you spend enough time praying in the Holy Spirit, you're going to see things from the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the way we should approach every service. Praying in the Spirit much. So that when we get into that service, in fact, I've had it happen many times before I ever got to the service in my hotel room that I would see in the spirit what God wanted to do in that service beforehand. I'd hear in the spirit what he wanted to do in that service beforehand. I can remember uh, a meeting that I did in Chicago years ago. And I was, uh, I had prepared my sermon. And then I always, after I write out my notes and so forth, uh, then I, I get up and I, I start walking around the room praying in the Holy Ghost. And uh, usually, I'll have at least an hour that I can pray in the Holy Spirit before I have to get dressed to, to go to the service. Sometimes more time than that, depending on how long it took me to, to write out my notes and so forth. And so I was uh, already had written out what I was going to preach. So I got up from the desk there in that hotel room, and I just started praying in the Spirit. Just praying in the Spirit. Just walking back and forth. I almost wear the carpet out in every room I go to. Just walking back and forth in that room, praying in the Holy Spirit. I, I can't sit. I got to walk. <laughs> I don't know what you do, but I got to walk. And so I'm walking back and forth, praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And the Lord said to me, you're going to experience the supernatural in a different way than you ever have experienced before tonight. And so I just held on to that and I just kept praying in the Holy Spirit. And when I got over to that auditorium, when the pastor, he had rented this auditorium because his church was too small to hold all the people that that he he thought would be coming. And uh, he rented this auditorium. Now, I had, I had been in his church one other time. I didn't know many of the people there. I knew the pastor. I knew his family. And, uh, but the majority of the people I didn't know that were in that meeting. And so when he turned it to me, when I walked up to the podium and I looked out across the audience, it looked as though a television set was on top of every head. And I saw a picture. Of what all of them were going through. It's like a screen. On top of their heads. Now nobody else saw it. But I saw it. And it wasn't. It wasn't physical. Where you could see it with these eyes. I saw it. As I walked up there. I saw in the spirit. Like a monitor. On top of every head. And I saw things. And it shook me somewhat. And I thought, 
Lord, I don't want to get into something that's weird. You know, I, I've heard of people that were, you know, being influenced by uh, familiar spirits and that kind of thing. And I don't ever want to get, I don't want to touch that. In fact, there have been times in my life where I knew God was leading me into a higher dimension of the anointing. And I'd back off because I was a little concerned it was a little too far out there. <laughs> and I didn't, want, I didn't want to get too far out there, you know. But I backed off for a little bit and I closed my eyes and opened them and still there. And I could, just, I could just read, just like, turn around and look at that screen behind you. See those words up there? I could read words on those screens or those monitors over their, over their heads and I could read what they were going through. And so I just began to read the screens <laughs> and I'd point to this person and I'd say, uh, you have a debt that you owe to the Christian school that you sent your son to because you didn't want him in public school. And you hadn't been able to pay the tuition there for quite some time. And the exact amount, and I just read the screen, was the amount and to the penny. And I said, and that's what you're believing God for. And somebody jumped up and said, I've got that. And they took it to them. And the need was met right then, praise God. And then I just kind of looked around and I said, you are believing for a car. And the car you're believing for, and I told him what kind it was. And somebody jumped up and said, we have a car just like that. And we've been asking God to reveal to us who it belongs to. And they gave it to them. That went on all night. I never did get to preach. It went on all night. Went on all night. In fact, everybody got something but me. I didn't receive an offering. I mean... I mean, it, things were being exchanged. I mean, it was just so supernatural. Now, I had to leave the next morning. And the pastor took me back to the Holiday Inn there where I was staying. And, and he, walked out, he walked up to the front desk. And he said, Brother Jerry, I'll be right back. And I stood there waiting for him. He was going to walk me up to the room. And he said, Mr. Savell will be leaving in the morning. He'll be checking out of his room do not give that room to anybody else. And tell the maid, don't make up the bed. Leave it as he leaves it. So I didn't know what he was going to do. And so I asked him on the way up to the room, what was that all about? He said, I want that anointing. And I'm sleeping in that bed just as soon as you get out of it. That was on Friday night. And he slept there in that bed on the same sheets I slept on. He wouldn't even even have the sheets changed. And he got up and went to church the next morning. And the same thing happened to him. Man, he just just began to flow in the Holy Spirit. He called me and he said, I have never been so anointed in my life. When are you coming back and where are you sleeping? Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. I saw that in the Spirit. I saw it in the Spirit. And we had a great move of God. Amen. Uh, During those Toronto meetings that I mentioned the other day. I'd get in that. In fact, Brother Bud 
after we had been there for a few days and we didn't have any idea how long I was going to stay. Finally, he said, Brother Jerry, I'm going to take you out of this hotel and I'm going to, I have rented an apartment because I don't know how long you're going to be here. I said, I don't either. So he rented an apartment <laughs> and it was a two bedroom apartment. And Joe and I stayed in that, in that apartment. And uh, so I'd go in that bedroom. I'd hardly come out. I'd just pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit all day. And I'd read my Bible and take notes and pray in the spirit. And I'd see things in the spirit in that bedroom before I'd ever get over to the service. And one night I, I, uh, I saw this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the young people, the young adults. And when we got over to the service, I said, Brother Bud, get all the young people in the service tonight. Don't put them out in their, in their other departments. Get them in the service tonight. I saw something in the spirit today. And so I just, I just went out and re-enacted what I saw in the spirit. And here's what I saw. I saw myself get off the platform, go to the back of the building and walk down each aisle with my hands out. And every young person who touched my hands fell out under the power of the Holy Ghost. And then they got up laying hands on other people and the power of God hit that place. Praise God. Amen. One night, one night I was praying and the Lord said, people will be carried out of this place tonight because they're so drunk in the spirit. I didn't realize I'd be the first one carried out. (laughs) I got so drunk in the Holy Ghost and brother Bud, he was a precious man. He, he was tall and lanky. And, and when he'd try to, when he'd get excited and he'd try to dance, he looked like a giraffe trying to take off. You know, I mean, I'd get so tickled at him and he just, he just had a blast flowing in the spirit. One night I, I, uh, I had met a pastor that day that brother Bud wanted to take to lunch with us. Never met him before. And he pastored a, an Italian church in Toronto. And, uh, he said to me, Brother Jerry, would you mind this pastor going to lunch with us? I said, no, not at all. So that's the first time I met him. And uh, we had a wonderful time. And I asked him about his ministry, his church, and so forth. And he, he, his parents had moved to Toronto from Italy some time back and when he was a young boy. And, and his father had worked in Italy for Alfa Romeo. And, uh, uh, you know, so I got all the story there. And then when we got back to that apartment and I was praying in the spirit, I saw him preaching that night and not me. And so when I got to the service, Brother Bud turned it over to me. I said, Brother Morrow, he was right out about three rows back. Brother Morrow, come up here. You're preaching tonight. His eyes got that big. I said, you're preaching tonight. And he got up there kind of hesitantly. He had none of, he didn't have a clue what he's going to preach. He was shocked that I was turning the service to him. He came to hear me. And when he walked up there, he walked up there and opened his Bible and 
Man, I'm telling you, the preach came on him and he went to preaching. I'm telling you, it was so powerful. It was bringing the house down. And he stopped three times during his sermon, took his pen out of his pocket and said, excuse me, folks, I've got to write this down. I didn't know I knew this. <laughs> it was revelation knowledge coming to him. And it was so, uh, so exciting to him. He had to stop and write it down. <laughs> Amen. One day, uh, I had a Saturday off. And so I was in the, this apartment. And I just, I just turned the television on because I hadn't had a television on for about two and a half, three weeks. Two weeks at least. So I just turned the television on. And uh, the news was on. And it showed this young man who was stoned out of his mind, took his pickup truck and drove right through City Hall, knocked the glasses, the doors out, everything, just drove his truck right through City Hall, downtown Toronto. And when they showed his face, I hit the floor. I mean, I hit the floor so fast, praying in the spirit, groaning in the spirit, interceding for that young man. I'd never seen before in my life, but I was impressed by the Holy Spirit to begin to intercede for him. And I hit the floor and I groaned in the spirit. I felt like I was giving birth to a child. And, and when I was satisfied that I had accomplished what the Lord wanted me to do, then I got up and uh, I turned the television off and I went to my bedroom and it was, you know, uh, in the evening. And a little later, I went to bed. The next day in the service, I walked up to the podium to preach. And I heard somebody say, when can we get saved? I said, pardon me? When can we get saved? I said, well, who is that? He stood up and it was that boy that drove his truck through the city hall. I didn't know it, but his sister went to that church. And she went down there to pray for him, got him released in her custody and brought him to church the next morning. And he jumped up right before I started preaching. When can we get saved? And he got saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. And that night when he came to the service, he come up to me and he, and he asked me, you remember me? I said, no, sir, I don't think I do. He said, I'm the, I'm the boy that got saved this morning. Now, his hair had been down to here and old straggly beard, you know, the way he looked on television and the way he looked in that service that morning. Nobody told him to go cut his hair. Nobody told him to go shave. Nobody told him, you got to do this. You got to do that. You can't go to this church if you don't clean up. Or on his own. He just went home after he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. He cut that hair. He shaved that beard. And when he come back, I didn't even recognize him. Not only that, but the, the, the effects of sin was not on him anymore. He was shining like a bright light, praise God. Amen. I don't think any of that would have happened if I hadn't been sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Obviously, to become proficient, it takes much time, as I've already mentioned. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just pray in the Holy Ghost right now. 
Olamako prebekesi pramaka som pramata. Belede situle kiske prebuko talamaka. Hallelujah. Belede si promokondalamakata. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Olanadiste telebuko preba sombre mekisti talamaka. Someone in here has a family member back home that's uh, suffering from heart disease. And in the natural, uh, it appears that they might not have long to live. Who is that? Come up here, sir. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands out to this gentleman. Praise God. Who, who is this in your family? Your elder brother. He's, he was an evangelist. He's backslidden now. Well, boy, when God heals him, I believe that will bring him back. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Stretch your hands out toward this man. Father, in the name of Jesus. You didn't bring this to my attention to not do anything about it. I'm going to lay hands on this man who is the brother of the man that is in need of a miracle. There's no distance nor time in the spirit. And I believe the moment I lay hands on him, that anointing is going to flow to that brother and heal his heart, heal his son as well in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The message translation of Isaiah 42 says, Before it burst on the scene, I'll tell you about it. Before God does the miraculous, He says, I'd like to tell you about it in advance. Why are we hearing it? Why aren't we demonstrating it more? Because, as I said, most preachers are insensitive to the Holy Spirit. Most preachers are more concerned about getting their message out than they are ministering to hurting people. The body of Christ don't need three points in a poem anymore. They need the Word of God and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? I'm sorry, but I don't agree with the philosophy that how you how light or low you have the lights. How much smoke you have coming from the stage. How many dancers with banners you got. I don't think that is the key. That is the essentials. For bringing in the Holy Spirit into service. Amen. I was in some churches just recently. And I couldn't even see my Bible. It's so dark. When they lead you in with a flashlight. I thought I was in the movies. When I was a kid. Going to the theater. You know when they took you to your seat up there. Gimmicks. 
I can't find it in the book of Acts. And when they turned the lights down, the power of God came. I can't find any of that in there. Amen. But I do find when men set time aside to pray. In fact, in the book of Acts, it says that, that these, these prophets and, 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 and teachers, they realized that, that they couldn't do all the serving anymore. And they got men of faith and men of, of the Holy Spirit to do the serving so that they could devote their time to prayer and the word. And shortly after that, you start seeing signs and wonders and miracles breaking out in the church. Praise God. Amen. I'm sure there's a place for being dark in the auditorium. I'm sure there's a place for, you know, all that stuff. But I'm also sure it's not going to happen in this church. Not as long as I'm the founding pastor. Amen. Amen. We keeping the lights on. I can't find anywhere where the Holy Ghost only moves in the dark. We're the children of light. God's the father of light. Amen. Hallelujah. Before it burst on the scene, I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. How many preachers are hearing what God wants to do? How many preachers are seeing in the spirit what he wants to do? Can you say amen? Amen. Wouldn't you agree that the number one essential is ears to hear? Number two essential is eyes to see. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to show you an example in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Why did he go to the city of Samaria? Apparently, that's where the Holy Spirit led him to go. What other reason would he have to go to Samaria? The Bible says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And there was a great move of God that took place. Look at verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Notice he preached Christ. And there were signs and wonders and miracles that followed. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame and were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Sounds like to me a place where you could have an extended meeting. Amen. Signs, wonders and miracles. Man, we don't want to stop now. Let's go another night. Hallelujah. Let's just keep going. God's moving here. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Hallelujah. But then you'll notice a little later in that same chapter, verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south unto the way 
that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. That's not dessert. Desert. Some of us are led to desserts. Why, why would you want to leave this great outpouring of the Holy Ghost and go to the desert? Only by the leading of the Holy Ghost. There'd been no other reason to do that. Amen. I'm quite sure that when Philip got there and found it to be a desert, don't you just think that he might have thought, did I miss God? Man, I was in the midst of a Holy Ghost revival. I was in the midst of a Holy Ghost outpouring. And now I'm out here in this desert. What am I doing in the desert? I knew I shouldn't have eaten before that service. (laughs) He's in the desert. But then notice as it, it continues, and you know the story. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, with great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading the, the, the writings of the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot. He's out there in the desert and then he comes across this one man. But this one man has great influence. This one man has great authority. This one man is in charge of the treasury. And Philip joins him in that chariot and the man begins to ask him questions and Philip opens his mouth, verse 35 says, opens his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And Philip said in verse 37, if thou believe with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. The man received Christ and he wanted to be baptized. And then immediately after that happened, Philip was taken away in the spirit and wound up in another city. But what do you suppose happened to this man when he got back to where he came from? A man with great authority and a man with great influence and a man that is right under the queen. How many people do you suppose he led to the Lord? What kind of impact did he have? See, following the Holy Spirit. Being willing to leave someplace that looked like, dear God, why would you ever want to leave here? And being willing to go someplace that seemed like you missed God when you got there. But it turns out that you had the pleasure of, of introducing someone with great authority and great uh, Uh, power, great influence to the Lord. What do you suppose? I wish the Bible had told us. What do you suppose happened when that man got back? And with his influence, how many people did he win to Christ? Hallelujah. And that all came by someone being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Having ears to hear. 
Can you say amen? amen. Having ears to hear. I was, uh, I was out in uh, Los Angeles one time. And a, a, a man that I had met, and I got him filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd already received Christ, but I got him filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a trainer for the stars. He trained John Travolta. He trained uh, Stallone. He trained uh, a lot of uh, people in Hollywood. John Voight. Uh, a lot of people. He had a gym in Burbank. And he trained them. And when they would come to his gym... He would have either my tapes or Brother Copeland's tapes playing in the background while they were working out. While he's, he, he trained John Travolta for the movie Staying, Staying Alive, that the one, I believe, where he was a dancer and all that, you know. He trained John for that movie. He got John in that kind of shape. Hallelujah. And uh, so they're listening to these tapes while they're working out and going through his programs. His name is Dan Isaacson. And if you ever saw back many years ago, the video that Jane Fonda came out with this workout video. And this young man was on the front of this cover of this video that she made. And, and, uh, and he assisted her. That was Dan Isaacson. So he had great influence. And uh, so one day I get a call. And he said... Would you come to Los Angeles? Come to Burbank. I've got some people that want to meet you. I said, uh, yeah, sure. He said, they've been listening to your tapes as they're going through the program, working out and so forth. And they want to talk to you. So I didn't have a clue who it was. And when I got there, the first person that I met was John Voigt. And John Voigt started asking me questions. Man, he unloaded on me. He's a brilliant guy. And uh, he told me that before he became an actor, he, wanted, he had uh, ambitions to become a priest. And he said, and he got into acting and left that alone. And then after he became successful in acting and he got to travel all over the world, he said, I have studied every religion known to mankind. I've traveled all over the world to study religion. And he talked to me about, you know, every religion. He just, I just, I just sat there and let him talk. He talked and talked and talked. He said, have you got anything to say? I said, well, John, it sounds like to me you're hungry for God. You're searching for God. And I said, and if you just keep on searching... You're going to run right into Jesus. That's who you're looking for. He's the son of God. And the way to God is through Jesus. Now his exact words were, is that it? That's all you got to say? I said, yes. His exact words. Well, that makes more damn sense than I ever heard. Anything I ever heard. His exact words. He said, well, how do I meet Jesus? I said, I could, I, I, I could hardly wait for you to ask. And I led him to the Lord, praise God. Amen. Now, I know in Hollywood, it's hard to live up to it and everything. But I led John Voigt to Jesus through Dan Isaacson, his influence. Amen. 
Dan called me another time and said, I got somebody else who wants to talk to you. And I got out there and it was this famous actress. Um, I can't think of her name now. But anyway, she was well known back in that day. And uh, she wanted to know about Christ. And I led her to the Lord. And then they took me out on set where David Hasselhoff was filming that uh, Knight Rider thing. And we went out to, uh, uh, what's that crazy place? Venice Beach. Yeah, Venice Beach. That's where they were filming. And I'm telling crazy. I mean, I saw things I'd never seen in my life out there. And, uh, and David Hasselhoff was, was on set and he's filming. And as soon as he would get off set and they'd have another scene, he'd come and set and ask me questions about the Lord. And I prayed with him to receive Christ. All because of Dan Isaacson's influence. Now, what do you suppose this man's influence involved? The man of this stature in the natural looks like Philip left a great revival to go preach to one man. One man got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But what did that one man accomplish? Amen. And it all happened because he had ears to hear. He had ears to hear. Can you say amen? amen? Now, listen to this. In Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 3, it talks about, and you're familiar with it, it talks about Cornelius, and he saw in a vision and sent for Peter. And Peter had seen in the vision, the Bible says in verse 11, and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him and so forth. And then when Peter followed them to Cornelius's house, the Bible says in verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. Now, Peter's on the rooftop and he saw this vision. And the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, there are three men that are looking for you. Wouldn't you like to be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit? <laughs> three men are looking for you. Of course, you know the story. He, they led him to Cornelius' house. And the Bible says, while Peter spoke, the Holy Ghost fell. And Cornelius and his house were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that began, that's how you and I got in. The Gentiles got in, praise God, because Cornelius saw and heard, and Peter saw and heard. And a great, great miracle took place. And it's still the same way today. That if we become sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to hear what he wants to do and we're going to see what he wants to do. Now, it's not every time that I have had that experience with the monitor on people's head. That's only happened to me a couple of times. But I do see things in the spirit a lot of times before I go to that service. 
Amen. Amen. Because I take the time to pray in the Spirit. And I want to encourage you tonight. Spend more time in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Spend more time praying in the Spirit. God's counting on us. And there is only one way we're going to change this crazy world that we're in. And that's with the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Power, signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. So I challenge you tonight. Let's, let's all make a fresh commitment that we're going to spend more time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray more in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that all the gifts of the Spirit are given to every man severally as he wills. The Bible says desire the best gifts. The best gift is one that's needed at the time. Amen. Desire them. Pray in the Spirit more. Devote more time to the Holy Spirit. Don't just run in your study and grab somebody's book and get all the notes and come out and try to mimic what somebody else had to say. Spend more time in the Spirit. God will tell you what to preach. God will tell you what not to preach. I got a great sermon in here I was going to preach tonight, but wasn't, wasn't the mind of the Lord. And you know, that doesn't bother me at all. I enjoyed the study. Hallelujah. That's my favorite thing to do in the whole world. I'm passionate about a lot of things, but nothing more passionate than studying the Word of God. Hallelujah. So, once again, I challenge all of you to spend more time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Spend more time praying in the Spirit. Get to the place where you're more sensitive, more attuned to hear and to see. Can you say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a shout if you receive that praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet if you will, please. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Just lift your hands and pray in the Spirit for a few moments there. It's about... 8.30, we'll dismiss here shortly. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Someone's been trying to sell a house that hadn't been moving. Seems like it's taking extremely too long to sell that house. Who is that? More than one. Come up here real quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I set myself in agreement. You wouldn't have told me this if you didn't intend to do something about it. Amen. So, Father, I agree. In Jesus' name, this house is sold. We call things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. And you've got the buyer that is looking for this piece of property. And when they find it, It'll be exactly what they're looking for. And they'll pay the price that he's asking for in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I call this house sold. And Satan, you take your hands off of it. You can't stop it. You can't interfere in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They'll get top dollar for it. 
and you'll move them into a place that'll take them to the next level. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. I call this place sold in Jesus' name. I call it sold. There's somebody that's looking for the exact piece of property that you have. And God is going to cause them to cross your path. Hallelujah. And Richard Lindsay, I wasn't even thinking about you guys when when the Lord said that. Praise God. Amen. Father, Carol and I have been in agreement with them. But the fact that you said that in my spirit without me even thinking of them, I know that I know that I know that you're about to give them a major breakthrough in the selling of this property. In the name of Jesus, the right buyer, the right buyer is coming. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, house, you sell. Buyer, you come. You come with the with the money that they're asking for. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Two properties that need to sell in the name of Jesus. God, you're the God that does exceeding, abundant, above all that we can ask or think. Two properties is no problem for you. We call it done in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Somebody in here, there's a pastor in here. God is about to remove a thorn in your flesh. And it's a person. Someone who's been hindering the growth of your your ministry. And he's going to remove them. They won't be a thorn anymore. Hallelujah. And almost immediately when they walk out of your ministry, you're going to see growth. You're going to have a suddenly hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands right now and thank God for it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Buildings, 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 buildings. We speak over buildings and property that belong to these men and women of God. You prepared them for them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Buildings, property, you be released. Some of those buildings and properties are in the hands of unrighteous people. But the Bible says that your harvest is crying out and you're crying out for it and God's going to cause a divine appointment. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, let's lift our hands. Give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Stuart, I don't... You can correct me if I'm wrong. There, there's a business that you have or control that you've wondered time and time again what to do about that business. And it looks like in the natural 
that the best thing would be to just get away from it, walk away from it, leave it alone. But I keep hearing in my spirit that there's a breakthrough coming. That there's a breakthrough coming. Is that that witness to you? Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that breakthrough is on its way. In the name of Jesus, and this business will flourish, will be a great asset and a blessing, and will enable him to fulfill some desires that he's had in his heart. And I thank you for bringing it to pass in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our hands and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bless the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's funny, Lord. (laughs) I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And it's full of glory. And it's about to fall on your ministries, your churches. That cloud of glory. In fact, the Lord said to me coming into 2018, days of glory. Days of flourishing and days of abounding. And that, cl- that little cloud, about the size of a man's hands, that sound familiar in the Bible? That little cloud is about to dump the glory of God on your ministry and on your church. Hallelujah. I receive that for this church and this ministry in the name of Jesus. If you receive it, just, just reach up, form, reach up. And form a funnel with your hands and say, I receive it, Lord. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Hallelujah. And give the Lord a good shout for it, praise God. Amen.